Hello, all you lovely souls who revel in embracing life just as I do. This is Nirja Malik and you are welcome into my world of I Embrace. And what do we intend to do here? We delve into the many layers and shades of my life, exploring resilience, positivity, strength, and the inherent fun in laughter that lies deep within each of us. Interludes from my own exciting and adventurous journey, my personal battles and victories that have brought forth innumerable lessons in my life. It is these learnings that I place on a golden platter with utmost humility for your personal consumption. Hello, my dearest ones. For some weird reason, I suddenly thought that I would share with you what I say when I start to eat or drink something. I hold it in my hands. I shut my eyes and I say, may this offering be accepted by the Lord and may it give me strength in the body, vigor in the mind and endless love in my heart for his devotion. This came to me very strongly as I was having my breakfast because I felt that I needed to share it with you. And where that feeling came from and how it has transpired that I share it with you today is something beyond my comprehension. I have realized one thing in life that the best is not to analyze these things. The best is not to waste energy trying to find answers to something that we cannot come to any decision. And the best is to bow our head in faith and in trust to the one above and go with the flow. So once again, my darlings, we're going to delve deeper into the various aspects of my life. And strange that I shall today talk about my husband Mandeep's younger brother's wedding in Chandigarh. And what do you think we Punjabis do? Eat, drink and be very, very Mary. So there was much excitement in the air as the Malik family was getting ready for Mandeep's younger brother's wedding in Chandigarh. After attending the proverbial fat Punjabi wedding, we headed back to Mumbai where I was looking forward to quality time 
with my mother while recovering from the onslaught of the nuptials. The wedding, of course, has innumerable memories that I came away with of fun and laughter and joy and merriment, dancing and singing and embracing life full on. Reaching Bombay, my mother and I met with the usual exchange of abundant hugs and kisses and I could fathom a hidden sense of excitement in her. When I asked her what was on her mind, she told me that she had met a long-lost cousin whose best friend was a doctor. I looked at her questioningly and slowly but steadily the truth emerged. The doctor's friend was Kusum Zaviri. Yes, you guessed it, a gynecologist. I glanced at her in sheer disbelief as her deviousness sank in. I knew what was coming up next. And then those very words I expected innocently as if escaped from her lips. She looked at me beseechingly and hoped that I would make one more attempt at trying to conceive. Just this one last time. And she promised that she would never, ever raise the topic thereafter. My mother's softly spoken words were law unto me. And in any case, having no alternative, I very reluctantly gave in to her lovingly hope-filled wishes. My mother and I, at the appointed moment, met with Dr. Zaveri at clinic and shortly thereafter, Dr. Indira Hinduja joined us. Now, who was Dr. Hinduja? She was a Padma Shri awardee. She was well known for her contribution towards her work done in the field of test tube babies and IVS-related solutions. During our very first meeting, they advised me to get a hysteroscopy done, which would, with the insertion of a blue dye, ensure that all is well with my innards, meaning my uterus and my fallopian tubes. The ultrasound monitor brought to our notice that one of the tubes was blocked. However, it was wonderfully heartening to glimpse a ray of positivity that diffused a fact that could have otherwise burdened us with negativity. Yeah, what do they say? Glass can be half full or half empty. And the doctor smilingly said, let's do it. The next course of action was to figure out my ovulation cycle and the activities of my ovaries. This entailed a daily visit to the doctor for at least a week or so, where, with the help of a transducer, which is used internally to fix up and see what 
is actually happening inside. So with the help of the transducer, she could figure out the slow and steady growth of the ova, ridding itself of fertilization. Finally, the day dawned when, with a gleam in her eye, she advised that it was now time for Mandeep to join me in Bombay. I could really nearly hear the trumpets making a grand, grand announcement to the world. Hearing this, my heart sank a bit because I had news to impart to her and didn't know how she would take it. Just before coming to the hospital, I had received a call from my equal half stating that he'd hurt his back and was in pain. I hesitatingly blurted out that he would not be able to come to be with me. She was appalled at this information and I could see her mind whirring multifold to find some solution to this problem. She turned to me with determination and dictated that I should catch the very first available flight and go to him in Chennai. Waving aside my protest, I realized that she would not take no for an answer. The next thing I knew, that when all other flights were booked, perhaps overbooked, I was on an Air India flight, headed home to be received by Mandi. Thereafter, I was prescribed a beta HCG test, which would confirm whether I was pregnant or not. Armed with the result, I immediately called up my doctors in Mumbai and informed them that it was 1,500. Their response was one of happiness and I was promptly given specific instructions on the necessity of taking very good care of myself. This included bed rest to avoid all strenuous activity, eating healthy and leading a tension-free and happy existence. I agreed joyously, already floating above the clouds in seventh heaven. My mother was overjoyed hearing this news and I could literally imagine the tears of happiness flowing down her cheeks. Without wasting another moment, she excitedly informed me of her intention to fly in and look after the two of us. The beta HCG test was supposed to be done with monotonous regularity. The previous test results had been 1,500. This time, when my mother accompanied me to the clinic, the results had risen to a chaotic 1,50,000. We were taken aback. We had no idea what this meant. Telephonic conversations transpired between Dr. Zaveri in Mumbai, Dr. Vasanti in Chennai, and us, they seemed equally perturbed. Finally, it was concluded that the meaning of such frantic escalations 
can be either one of the two things. You may have cancer or a multiple pregnancy on your hands. Things don't just come easy to me. The only solution to the above question was the instrument called transducer, of which there was only one being in, utilized as an important part of a medical conference involving a foreign delegation which would culminate on Tuesday. And today, that day was only Friday. Most often, in such situations, the mind tends to think of the worst. After all, we are human. But I refuse to let my thoughts waver as the waiting for the transducer loomed large in front of me. My mother, a powerhouse of positivity, decided to go out and buy a pack of playing cards to keep ourselves well entertained during the interim period. But time was bound to and did hang heavy on our hands. As the doctor's orders for me was to remain in bed most of the time, this was a brilliant idea. And play cards we did right through the day. One would have thought that this mother and daughter duo were gamblers from birth. Thoughts came to haunt me as they do during the nights while both my mother and Mandeep slept, I presume, peacefully. My mind whirled like a frenzied dervish dancing madly to a thunderously hypnotizing tune. In the still of the night, the imagined twirling gently slowed down to two thoughts. Was it cancer? Or was it a multiple pregnancy? Was it cancer? Or was it a multiple pregnancy? I stepped back within myself and tried to view the implications objectively. I wondered questioningly why I wasn't drastically perturbed or shattered. And then, with a sudden flash of understanding, it occurred to me that my inherent modus operandi was to accept whatever was destined. Not with a sorrowing feeling of resignation, but one of embracing the inevitable. On the long way today, my mother and I, with trepidation in our hearts and cocooned within our own feelings and emotions, went to the hospital. A ball of gloom awaited us at the doctor's chambers. The expressions on the faces of the nursing staff alternated between worry and loving concern. The doctor welcomed us warmly 
and after inquiring about my mother's health, proceeded to explain the pros and cons of the situation while ushering us into the ultrasound room. At that point of time, I felt like a prisoner being led to the gallows before the noose tightened around my neck. Shunting these morbid thoughts from my mind, I lay down, simultaneously picking up the anxious feelings of Dr. Vasanti, even though she tried her best to hide them. I suddenly felt my mother's reassuring hand on mine. The test began and all our eyes were focused on the doctor's face. Her look of sheer concentration changed to one of uncontained joy. We looked at her expectantly and all she uttered was, Two eggs! The prevalent, heavy atmosphere gave way to one of celebration as everyone in the room jubilantly acknowledged the good news. My mother and I clutched each other's hands while tears of gratitude flowed freely down our cheeks. And into my life entered one handsome young man, Dr. Sharan. He was the expert in this field and it was with his presence also and Dr. Vidya's a radiologist, that this phenomenal news was given to us. We reached home, mother and daughter, feeling both wonderfully light-hearted and relieved. We lost no time in conveying the recent turn of events to my doctors in Bombay, who immediately wanted me to fly there. This met with great resistance from my local medical team. And perhaps rightly so, Dr. Vasanti put her foot down and insisted that I should not travel till I had completed my trimester of pregnancy. She asserted that the air pressure within the confines of a plane could be detrimental to my current sensitive condition. We readily agreed with what she said, not wanting to take any chances. Following the doctor's suggestions, my mother settled me down, ensuring that all systems to assist me were put into place and left to go back to my father. The gloom and the doom from the previous stillborn in the eighth month did haunt us sometimes but there was hope there was encouragement there was love there was a passion in looking forward to an excited future and we clung to that all was well with our world in retrospect did anything ever run smoothly in my life? All was track with every aspect of my body 
mind and soul being well taken care of. My top priorities were a healthy diet, getting all the rest I needed and living life with a chill pill attitude. Just as dark clouds emerge on a sunny day, I woke up one morning burning with fever, breaking out in a cold sweat, dampening the bedsheets, shivering incessantly, feeling cold, needing warmth, being covered by innumerable blankets, and then again, burning with fever. The cycle went on and on and on, absolutely making me feel exhausted, fatigued, tired, and not knowing what to do. And guess what the villain was? It was typhoid. And the one way to control it was consumption of a tablet called chlorostrep. And I was pregnant. And the chlorostrep would adversely affect the fetuses. Kash makash, once again, questioning what to do next. The doctors in Mumbai were taken aback and came up with just one solitary solution. According to them, the mother's life was important. So, the fetuses had to be aborted. <sighs> Mandeep and I were at a loss for words and realized that this was a decision that could not be taken by us. Our elders had to be consulted. And my parents and his were quickly brought into the picture. My mother once again <laughs> decided to come to China. What are mothers? A constant support, a constant feeling of complete love, compassion, security and being there at any and every time. Out of the blue, I received a call from Lali Auntie, my spiritual godmother, to inquire about my welfare. I brought her up to date with all that had happened a few hours earlier. Hearing me out, she very calmly informed me that she would immediately bring some vibhuti to be consumed at regular intervals. She would also arrange a prayer meeting for my benefit and assured me that all would be well. I must go back to the nights of simultaneously having fever, simultaneously burning, simultaneously sweating, simultaneously dampening all the bed sheets and simultaneously having a friend, Kavita, to stay by my side. At night, to go to the loo, I needed help. So my maid Rukmini was always there at the end of the sound of a bell, 
my friend Kavita offered to help me out at nights. She was more like her younger sister who cared for me. And since 87, I have been tying Rakhi on Naresh's hand, her husband's hand. That is something that has never stopped. Come hail, come shine. And I love the both of them and theirs dearly. So her younger son was about three. And people had told her that typhoid could be contagious and she needs to be careful. So I insisted that she slept at the far end of my room on a mattress on the floor and that she would get up to help me only when required. She did this for many a night and that also helped a great deal in my healing and feeling better. As promised, Lali Auntie arrived with the Vibhuti. I immediately consumed a pinch of it, paying complete attention to her calming and soothing words which was steeped in the very depths of the wisdom of our spiritual philosophies. Between her leaving my bedside and my mother's arrival, I indulged in my favorite pastimes of repeating my job and chanting the Gayatri Mantra. Surprisingly, by the time my mother came home, my fever had totally disappeared. Seeing me, she was deeply relieved. We held each other tightly. There were no words spoken. We silently cried. The tears just poured down our faces. I realized that the act of holding each other encapsulated us within an invincible ball of togetherness. She could feel my trauma. And she hoped that this precious pregnancy would come to full term. I could understand her tears and her fears. From my point of view, the focus was on I and my twins. But for her, it was much more complicated. It included her, I, her daughter, and her future grandchildren. Therefore, her anxiety would always be trebly so. While relating to the turn of events, I told my mother about the role Lali Auntie played in the proceedings and how it seemed to have miraculously impacted me. My mother's response was both of amazement and gratitude. I decided then that while naming the twins, I would insert the letters S. A, I, in any order. The Vibhuti became an integral part of my daily routine. My health improved dramatically and there was now no requirement for aborting the fetuses. The power of collective prayer had worked.
And at this point of time, I would just like to share that when all seems lost, my job that was given to me at my initiation with Swami Tapasyanandaji at the Ramakrishna Mission in Chennai on the 16th of April, 1988 and the chanting of the Gayatri Mantra did wonders. Om Bhur Bhavaswa Tatsavitur Varenyam Bhargodivasya Dhimai Dhyoyona Prajodya Let us meditate on the glory of that Supreme Being who has created the universe. He who is to be worshipped and is the remover of all sins and ignorance. May He enlighten my intellect. Hari Om Tatsat Om Shanti 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 I embrace isn't just about my journey of conquering cancer. It's about embracing life in all its entanglement and beauty. Remember, in this journey of life, you are never alone. And I need to thank you for becoming a part of this inspiring journey. Thank you for joining me today on I Embrace and my heartfelt wishes. Stay resilient, stay positive, and most importantly, keep embracing life in all its glory. <laughs>